Art and Bullshit Podcast. Hey, this is Adam Longati. I'm with James Geralds. We're doing the Art and Bullshit Podcast. What are you doing with your life? You want to change it? Listen to our podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. You're rocking with the best. Let me adjust my levels real quick. Welcome to another episode of the Art and BS Podcast, the podcast by artists, for artists, and art lovers. I'm your host, James Drills, broadcasting from the slums of the Mural District in Fresno, California. Let's get some housekeeping out the way. Shasta, cats over on Apple holding us down. Folks over, over on Spotify, we see you hit us at the end of the year with that wrapped up. Four cats over on Patreon. <laughs> Yeah, we see y'all. Thanks for the financial support and the cats over on the miscellaneous apps. We see you. Plugs. Have some respect for your artwork. Put a Vatican on that bitch. We got the Casinas, Casetas, Tabernacles, Flemish Corners, Dutch Ripples. Man, listen. Word around the campfire is Nigel is going to be doing a pre-sale. So make sure you hit up the Vatican Custom Framery. Tell them Art and BS sent you. And also, if you're in Fresno, California and looking for some quality tattoo work, hit up Widow's Walk Tattoo located in Sun Stereo Sound. You tired of getting blowout ink from Katie who's doing stick and poke? Hit up Widow's Walk Tattoo. You tired of getting staph infections from Ray Ray because he's tattooing in his baby mama's smoky den? Hit up Widow's Walk Tattoo. You tired of worrying about blood-borne pathogens and all of that other stuff you don't know about? Hit up Widow's Walk Tattoo. Jason and Laura Graham, fine tattoo artists. And uh, yeah, announcements. We have the first ever Broadway Studios group show, Art Hop. If you guys are in Fresno, California, the first May or first uh, Thursday, I don't know what that is. It might be the second. So pull up. We got a bunch of hitters, and uh, we'll we'll reveal more about that later on. Still got books for sale. Still got paintings for sale. If you guys are interested, I will also be releasing. Um, some little mini prints. I'm working on some plants and things like that. So I know a lot of people are into that kind of stuff, man. First time listeners. We appreciate you guys coming out. You guys saw Adam Ligotti is on the show. You probably are here for him. So just hold tight. You're really confused. And it's all good. We respect that return family members. You saw me just get out of the whip. I mean, it, I mean, we here. Ill nigga alert. Ill nigga alert. Man, listen, this episode has been in the works for over a year. Adam Langati, a.k.a. the Slippery Noodle, a.k.a. Professor Langati, is in the mix. But hold up, y'all. We got to get some music right. People are waiting. They're wondering, what you doing, James? What's happening? So let's get this music right. Art and Bullshit Podcast. Art and Bullshit Podcast. All my podcast family, what up? All my painters, where you at? What you guys got? You got that gouache? You got that acrylic? All my cats holding it down with the watercolors, I see you. All my oil painters, you got that man, we're talking about that plain air. I can feel you watching in the night. Yeah, where, where, where were you at, Adam, when this dropped? Where, where were you doing? What was I doing? Yeah. What was I doing? For the sunlight. 
when I yeah, that was existing. Cold. That was a <laughs> yeah. yeah it's coming in my own. And when I feel I can't go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, and this is this is yeah, we me. start off real smooth it's for y'all. And Go me forever. <laughs> it's like 78 or something? Yeah, mm-hmm. Six years old. Mm. Okay, okay. <laughs> Here we go. Let's keep it going, y'all. Turn me up. Y'all know about this. Y'all thought it was the sample. We got the real joint. Rest in peace, Bobby Caldwell. Shout out to the ladies securing bags and popping tags, breaking hearts and breaking pockets. I see you. What you guys paint? You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all rocking them landscapes. You got the still life popping. Hey, all my cats rocking them portraits. I see them. Keep them proportions tightened up. Make sure the centers of the, the pit of the eye is lined up with the side of the nose. You know what I'm saying, man? Listen, we got rules and formulas over here. Keep going. Some of y'all might have been conceived to this, man. This is this is generations before your time. Old school heads, y'all know what's up, man. We here. Keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what we doing on here. Them other podcasts say not doing this. We're not new to this, we true to this. It's the kid with the instinctive voice. I'm always the distinctive choice. Art and Gold Fit Podcast. I you go through the changes. Mm-hmm. Art and Gold Fit Podcast. It's gonna keep this slow on y'all. Don't worry, we're gonna turn up. Talk to him. Y'all, uh, you, girl, you over there messing with that dude who ain't going nowhere. His trajectory is straight down. Recognize a real one when you see one. Professor Langadi is in the building. Respectfully. There are times We about to come back to the West Coast. Actually, no, no, no. Let's, I feel like we need to go back in the trap. Okay, you do the you do the ad libs, Adam, and then I'm gonna do the the thing, so I need you to do the ad. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And as soon as it comes. Cheese in the snow, man. I make it winter time. Heard the streets hungry. Well, it's dinner time. Cars in the state patrol, they patrol the state. Cheese in the snow, man. I patrol the state. 36 pennies for the 19.5. Front door service. You ain't even got to drive. Stacks on deck, fuck what a hell thing. A lot of dead white boys, equal money in the bank. RBS is the click that I claim. Know some real painters that claim the same game. They don't want chops, them niggas want frames. Say and tweet. Wait, 23 carrots on my Vatican frame? Sounds about right. Black teeth, and some mean motherfuckers feeling just like me. 
This was about the time when they banned the Young Jeezy Snowman shirts in schools. Kids couldn't even wear them. So he dropped Can't Ban the Snowman. It was a mixtape with a DJ drama. And we back. Let's go. We turning up. Back to the West Coast. Here we go. Let's get hyphy. Hyphy. What it do? Fresno, I see you. Bay Area, where you at? LA, pull up. Turning up in Seattle, your auntie was outside holding me down at bumper shoot, man. Listen, Adam is like, what's happening? What did the DJ said, how's he doing this? What were you at when this was out? You remember this? Man, this is y'all talking to Mike, man. Right? Been out front with the thugs and the guards. I've been on the yard with the Mexican mafia, and I only run yeah, with man, niggas that are like killing the ish or something. Store, but I live like a rock star running from the cop car. Okay. I drop bars from slaps and knock cars, and I charge for this dick extra large. I'm sick of the sores, hide the bars, and I treat my bitch like an ATM card. Keep going. All right, we're going to close y'all out. We're back on the, we're staying on the West Coast. You know what I'm saying? This is that G Perico off the new Gangsta Grills, Hot if Shot. If I ain't got it, then I gotta take it. I can't hide who I am, baby, I'm a gangster. In a Rolls Royce, stepping on a mink rug. The click just a gang of bosses that linked up. Niggas trying to go against me, so they teaming up. But fuck it, I do the shit that they been dreaming of. Yeah, uh, on a click. I got 700K for this shit. I'm yeah, we about to talk what about they it. You know what I'm saying? I got money now. 7-6-2 shells flip when they coming out. Hit LB when it jokes up, touchdown. That real's on 65. You got it, sip it if you got it. All my cats with the drip coffee holding it down. Cats with the percolator, I see you. All my dudes with the halal macchiato. Man, all the ladies with the brevets, I see you. I still cannot trust anyone drinking Americano. Life is good right now, Adam. A lot of good karma's coming back. Yeah, man, we've been putting it out. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the principle of Zakat. We're giving without expecting anything in return. This one for the bucks, legend. My life just how it looks. I should turn my life to a movie. Extended intros respectfully. We have to come with a mirage of styles for y'all just because this man's plain air technique encompasses a mirage of styles. We doing loose, we doing tight. What we doing? One fan might have to rework some areas. I'm too hot to hear hating from a lower level. I'm close to God, any niggas close to the death. Free G Slim one, he been down 21. Give him 100k for every year he been dumped. I treat rap like dope. Every tape is a bird getting paid by the streams and the show. 
I'm flyer than I ever been. Living better than Episode I ever 143 did. of the R&B podcast, the podcast by artists and artists. We gotta take y'all home, man. Fifty on my neck, I keep spending money 'cause I keep getting checks. I'm feeling like the best. I can't look back. I gotta see what's next. Hey, if you wanna be down with this enterprise click shit, don't get at me. Ask G4, and if he stamp you, then we'll holler. Enterprise. Stepping with the steppers, they were sleep, now they see that I'm pressure. Up and down fig, up and down west, pop and fly shit at some hoes in a Tesla. Movie star with the extra, so my change my mind. Adam, you know my birthday's coming up. I'm from the ghetto, Jordan Reed 11 retro. If you ain't with this gang, let's go. G4, let him out. Yeah, that's what's up. Take y'all home, this is it. It's the clip. We just gonna use that as is. Yo, my grandma bumped this shit, bro. That ass. Art and bullshit podcast. You seen the artwork. You read the description. Man, listen, this week we have... Man. A man who is fanatic with the filberts. The paladin of plain air. Naturally nomadic. This gentleman is a professor in the realm of fine arts. When you want to learn what the difference is between a round and a bright, you hit him up. When you want to learn about mediums and viscosities, you might have to ask. When you want to figure out, is that more blue or is that more green in those leaves? You take a picture and you DM the professor and wait for him to get back to the office so he can reply. Ladies, gentlemen, Art and BS family members, please give a warm round of applause for Adam. Wait, hold up. Respectfully, Professor Adam Mangati. See, we do this so you don't got to do that. Mm-hmm. I got you holding it down. I'm clapping well, for you. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's awesome, man. May 19th. Yeah. May 17th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Run on. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we are. Okay, so, Adam, how's your day going? Good. Okay. Started at five. Been doing a mural at Fresno State. Mm. Ran over here. Mm. Going hard. Mm. Got paint all over my hands. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, the people want to know, what was your first memory seeing art? My parents' World War II book about the art of World War II made by soldiers. Mm. And that book drew me in. Super violent. These soldiers had seen horrors, hell, and then they came back home and then they painted it. Okay. And that was wild. And so as a little kid, that's the first memory I have. But you know, like, I didn't, I wasn't the person that grew up a lot of art. Okay. My parents didn't know. I can't blame them. They, mm-hmm. Most people didn't. But mm-hmm. I had to find it late, late, late in life mm-hmm. before I came around to it. Got you. Mm-hmm. you. You know what? I feel like that is the, that's the general consensus and general um experience for a lot of artists as far as it falling into your lap and then you acutely recognizing the value that this will later bring to your life so i'm curious as far as like because a lot of people feel as though cartoons are one of the things like as far as art that they seen you know initially that sparked their interest uh, or just you know the 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 aspect of like oh wow these 
you know, there are these pictures in there and I can draw them. So were you watching cartoons as a kid? Constantly, like, or, yeah. Okay. yeah. What, in, what were you into? In, a, in high school, all I did was cartoons. Just drew cartoons mm-hmm. constantly. Mm-hmm. But then at a certain point, I realized that's not enough. Mm. And so, and I'm not, it's not like saying anything bad about anybody who still does this, like as uh-huh. an adult. That just wasn't enough. It was one dimensional. Mm-hmm. So I knew there had to be more. And so I started to pursue that. But it's just like that formula of years of trying to like find out where you're supposed to be. You're trying to make sense of the world. Yeah. But yeah, cartoons all the time. Mm-hmm. All the time. Carto- Again, I was born in 1972. Mm-hmm. Cartoons are much different back then mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> than, yeah, yeah. than like the 90s kids. So, so now were you drawing, but that's 80s. So yeah. He-Man, Transformers. That's right. Uh, but but that and in the 80s, mm-hmm. they didn't care what kids watched. So mm-hmm. they would recycle old World War II films that they would so- show soldiers. Mm-hmm. Like from the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, kids watch cartoons. And they just put it out there, and we'd watch that on Saturdays, yeah. and be like, "This is a bizarre world, yeah. you know. It has yeah, nothing yeah. to do with me." But yeah. but you watch it because it's just moving pictures and, and animation. So, well, yeah. but to your point, I was in kindergarten, and my dad let me watch Full Metal Jacket and Predator, Ooh. right? No, yeah. So, and Predator is still one of my favorite movies to this date, it's right? The best. But yeah. looking back, I'm like. Full Metal Jacket is a little advanced for a kindergartner, you know. Um, is that where the guy stabs his leg at the end? Yeah. Trying to get then, out, of, out of the war. Then, yeah. yeah, and yeah. then the other dude shoots himself yeah. and, you know, <laughs> too buku for you. Um, this is my rifle. This is my gun. You That's know, right, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. classic. <laughs> so, now, you're drawing cartoons. When At what point did you realize, like, oh, there's, like, this thing, like, art, like, I am oh, because a, the safety and the consistency of high school mm-hmm. is now done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was the art kid, right? I uh-huh. drew all the cartoons and people would ask me to draw cartoons. I do it for like five bucks and make a little money here hey. and there, whatever they want. And now you got to make it. So mm-hmm. what I went, I did went to, uh, went to Fresno city college and I took my first painting class, first painting I ever made. And, uh, Learned absolutely nothing, but what I did is I painted in a group, and that was a totally transformative experience. So, because you're, so? you're getting peers and other people to talk to you about what you're doing and why you're doing it, and mm-hmm. I think that was. But actually, how to paint? No, I didn't learn that. I didn't mm. learn that. I was a that was not the right class for that. Okay. So, yeah. Um, but I knew from this painting, like I'd come in like two hours early at class. Mm-hmm. I knew there was something there. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and you have to like make your stand and figure out what you're going to do. And that made a lot more sense to pursue art. Why is that though? Why do we, why do some people dislike art and some people do it? I think because searching is what we're looking for. And I don't know the answer to that. What, why do you do it? Okay. That's a great yeah. question. Yeah. Okay, so for me, I feel like there's two types of artists. There are like natural artists who can draw from imagination, yeah. and then there are like the boots to the ground artists who draw from observation. And I'm an observational painter. So mm-hmm. while I, I was a kid, my friends would be drawing from imagination, all types of stuff. I would have to look at, you know, Captain America to draw yeah. him or Earthworm yeah. Jim. Yeah. So I, for like the reason I do it is to see what I'm capable of. And it's, it's one of those things where, okay, I came from graffiti. I know I can do that. But there's this long line of, you know, painters who have been 
in existence and have left their mark. And I really initially loved Italian painting and French painting and how the portraiture looked. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I want to learn how to do that. So and you're thinking about the craft, really, like yes. the craft of how it's made. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that interests you, mm -hmm. yeah? Yeah. What is amazing about art is that it, it has no parameters. It exists in nothing. And then you're making judgment calls about what should exist. And so that's why it's such a personal thing. Mm -hmm. So you're finding your own motivation, your own moral compass about why you're doing it. Sometimes that moral compass is not right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes it really doesn't appeal to people, and sometimes it does. I am very suspicious of the painter who is painting only to sell. I don't like them. Mm -hmm. Because they're really just, I mean, why not just work in an office? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, like, what are you actually doing? You're just producing to make money? Which is a noble goal. No, don't get me wrong. But there's got to be on. something more. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> there's got to be something more. Or you're just an empty shell. Oh, you're a machine. You're a robot. And you have really amazing work that people are very impressed with. If there's no second layer or third layer, there's no tertiary thing that's holding things together. And there's many. There's mm -hmm. many. I don't want to be down on that, but about making money. But mm -hmm. um, I've been a very poor financial artist because I'm, I'm very bad at the business side. But Preach. I'm always very suspicious of people are selling to sell it's a hard balance and i and i there's no direct answer about what's right or wrong there we all want to make a living we all mm -hmm. want that stuff we want to be comfortable but there's got to be more you got to have some sort of mystery you're trying to bring into the world mm -hmm. or you're just not making anything yeah facts mm -hmm. okay and to add to your point i think what it is adam is is there is such right now we live in the largest boom of artists that society yeah. has ever seen mm -hmm. and because technology and accessibility people are mm -hmm. learning you know at an exponential rate however that makes the people who are not in love with the craft feel like oh i can jump into this thing right. also right. and that's what separates i'm really mm -hmm. um i am a person who considers art to be a cr like creative athletics so there are all of these things that go into athletics i mean if it's basketball if it's football there are these things that you have to drill into you that become second nature mm -hmm. and that is what determines the growth that's what separates the kobe bryants from the Harold miners mm -hmm. and it's one of those things where i totally understand what you're saying as far as doing art for money and my it's always my hope that money is a byproduct of us do money is a byproduct of activity and us really pushing the envelope mm. um but also with art i feel like it's similar in one particular regard to music and that is when you walk into a party and wilson phillips is playing you're looking around like okay all right what are we doing here but then as soon as you know hauling notes jumps off or like some mary j blige just like hey let's go like i yeah. feel this yeah so when I look at things, I have the same uh, outlook as I did as a graffiti writer. If you don't like this train, how about the next one? You don't mm -hmm. like that train, how mm -hmm. about the next one? You don't mm -hmm. like that train, how about the next one? Mm -hmm. Out of 20 of these things, you're going to like one piece. Right. So with me, it's versatility and variety. And hopefully through that, someone will have, you know, a memory or an experience that resonates with that particular piece. And it resonates because you understand it. 
And I think if you didn't understand it, you're just putting decorative things out there, mm -hmm. well, then that's just saying lays flat. But honestly, like if you understand what you're trying to get out in the world, like mm -hmm. you even have an inkling of what that is, mm -hmm. someone else will respond to mm -hmm. it. And it, that has to be true. There's no reason to make art if you don't know that, if you right. don't know what to do with it. And so, right. But to, to go back, like you were saying, like I'm always amazed at like reading about like Diebenkorn or or Guy Cometti or all these classic artists that do these really abstract paintings and drawings. And then you see like in books and stuff like where they started and they're really classically trained. Like they have the skills, they have the tools. That's lost today. People don't think they need that and they can just do whatever. And that's kind of true. But if you don't have that arsenal ready, I mean, then you're just going off on a whim and, and you're just making stuff and it, you got to know what you're doing a little bit. You got to know how this material works. You got to know what other artists have done so that you can have that foundation. Uh, I, are we making absolutes? Maybe. I think that's one of the absolutes that you need. You know, <laughs> you have go. to have some sort of practice mm -hmm. in there. Right, right. Um, and then what the fun part is, is you have all that, and then you absolutely forget all of it, and then you, you're impressionable. And then when you have that impression and something to say, you can draw out that arsenal when you need it and be very selective. Mm -hmm. And I think that's art. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I think that's what you're trying to do too. For sure, it's better to have and not need than need and not have. There you go. Yeah. So, and it's, I think that I'm I'm in a unique spot because I get a chance to see a lot of these up and coming artists that have maybe come through, you know, the academic system, and I also see up and coming artists that are just gra grassroots. And it's interesting, it, just like anything, the pool gets smaller the higher you go. Hmm. But I think it the the one aspect that is lost is practice and exercise, mm -hmm. artistic exercises, mm -hmm. because people are now it's the chase for the dollar as opposed to, hey, let me sit down for like three months and like be a better draftsman yes. and then I can raise my prices yeah. and yeah. I think that that's one of those things that a lot of artists I try to um, you know bestow on them if, if there's a secret that James has learned it's get your chops and then look for shows don't look for shows and then try get your chops yes yes that's right yeah and you know I've been teaching 17 years now mm. and there's a you can see the trajectory, you know, and when we started out, like I, I needed to learn a lot when I was trying to teach. I didn't know a lot. But now I see people really, and I hate to say it, but they want it more instantaneous. They want this to be much easier than it is. Mm -hmm. Consistently, people have been like that in my classes. And something has changed a little bit. I mean, I don't know, it's a work ethic or something, but you just want it like your phone. You want it now. Mm -hmm. And so they're not putting as much effort in. Mm-hmm. And the work is kind of lacking. It's Sometimes suffering. It, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah man. Yeah, I, yeah. Hey, artists, let me just tell y'all, like, one thing that I'm seeing, hands and feet are important when you're painting, <laughs> and hands should have knuckles. <laughs> 
That's 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 my advice. Who says? Who says? Man, Adam, no, I'm not. I can't. I can't rock with that. It's all like with some weird funky feet, and you know. And then I'm looking. I want to finish the feet, and I, I, I want like take the varnish off. That's what AI is like, doing right now. It's like messing up with six fingers and all this stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, and we are, we're going to get to that okay. in a second. But it's when you talk about your your trajectory. When did you feel like okay? I have something with this art thing. And then, because I, I understand you had said uh, a few minutes ago, you were out of school and it's like, okay, I have to figure it out at this point. Yeah. But at what point did it click? And you were like, wait, I actually can do this. I'm not, I'm not going to be silly. Mm-hmm. Still don't. Okay. Still don't. Mm-hmm. Every show is like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Mm. I don't think I'm going to be able to, do I have enough in me to say something wow um and i'm not even trying to be funny like i, I mm-hmm. don't still feel that and that's and this is 20 years doing this now so mm-hmm. yeah but if you're talking like actually like in school where did i feel that um i won a art contest at the university of new mexico and it was the first place out of all the student art and i was like okay i said something and that resonated with people mm-hmm. so maybe there's something here that i should keep going with so and that was that was if i had to pick a moment that would probably mm-hmm. be that yeah. so what was the painting that you did it did a giant four by eight size painting on a just a home depot piece of wood all oil and i was living in new mexico but i was always thinking about the central valley so i painted the large expansive landscape of grapes Mm. And then off in the distance, I had there's these little farm workers, like way off, little tiny specks almost, and they were working against this immense landscape. And mm-hmm. then up in the sky, almost not even seen, was a single hawk. Mm. And around that hawk were many little tiny birds attacking it. Have mm. you ever seen that? You ever seen where like they group mm-hmm. together and they attack it? Yeah. It reminded me of uh, like labor movement, where small not as not as strong individually but as a group they came together mm-hmm. to attack something larger <clears throat> so there was that message but it wasn't like overstated it was just like if you spend time with the painting well actually the juxtaposition between farm workers and hawk being attacked it's all there in the same landscape wow and so that i didn't want to overstate anything i just wanted to put it out there and have people mm-hmm. do it. but that one that one that the, the, it was like the first place and i couldn't believe it so wow. i knew that i had said something without screaming it even mm-hmm. you know so yeah that's the one that, that one and then i was like okay there's something to say about that and here i am like thousand miles away and <laughs> trying but i'm still thinking about the central valley so, so my <laughs> question for you my next question for you is okay so after that how long did you stay in new mexico i was there five years okay moved back in 98 okay okay now i'm back in fresno you moved back when i left is that right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Left where? I went. I moved to Indianapolis, Indiana. Oh, you moved a lot. Okay. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. Then okay. to Seattle. Yeah, yeah, I was moving around. You're all over. Okay. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I moved back in Fresno. I rent a little house. I go through an employment agency. Mm-hmm. I'm working in parlor as an iron worker. What? I've I did a lot of jobs. I'm not painting. I'm miserable. I've lost like 30 pounds. <laughs> Dang. And I'm like having lunch with my dad and I was like this is just not working you know if I'm going to be a painter I'm going to be a painter so he loaned me about it was like 5,000 bucks 
And I'm glad, very fortunate I had that. It gave me a couple months and I painted my heart out. Mm. I got some work together. And then from there I started seeing what was available. But I needed that time, I didn't have that time. And I was able to, that, oh, I believe it was a summer, I was just able to give up my job and, and do that. So, and then I kind of, then I went back to school, Fresno State, and got my master's degree, met people, super essential. Can't be an artist unless you're talking and shaking hands. Met a lot of people and just started progressing, you know, and mm-hmm. saying, okay, this is where I'm going to be, Central Valley. Mm-hmm. This, is where, this is it. They're mm-hmm. not moving. Mm-hmm. I'm going with this. This mm-hmm. is what I know. And then I made this life out of that. And so. Art and BS family, I want you guys to really key in to what this man just said and the beautiful part about it is this ties in with last week's episode conveniently titled janky curators and i talked about taking time away from doing events because there are a lot of artists who you know they're doing a bunch of events hey i have to do two shows a week and i'm trying to get out there but if you listen he spent five months right it was about yeah summer a little over summer okay yeah yeah okay. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. About four months. About four months, right? Yeah. And just working on his chops. And then from there, went into the, went to Fresno State. But that particular time in the hyperbolic chamber Mm. was, that only helped. So when Professor Langati got around the people that he was talking about meeting, he was actually at a place where mm-hmm. he could really you know have some conversations as opposed to going signing up meeting these people and not knowing what he learned within that four yeah. four months yeah, so absolutely. that's really important yeah yeah and i was glad i had that because mm-hmm. that iron working job in parlor i didn't pay it was just working to live you know there's no extra there's yeah. no extra so okay so yeah. man there's there's so many things that I want to cover but usually we go in chronological order we'll skip forward because what was really impactful for me was going to your show at the downtown artist thank you for coming yeah appreciate it yeah man oh my god you guys if you missed that show i don't know what you're doing with your life you know you you might have to rearrange your priorities because magnificent is the word and adjective that i think think of when I um, when I think of the show I have one complaint and we'll get to that in a second good, okay good. let me hear so, it <laughs> okay, cool. we'll get to that in a second but there were 18 pieces no. 17 oil paintings one watercolor That's right. and you know it was one of those things where from an artist standpoint you had everything you had small pieces you had large pieces you had you a, a different variety of approaches there was this one painting that's on his website where it's a barn in the middle of a field and you can't the website does not do this painting justice oh my god you guys and there are these tire tracks in the middle of the painting and they look like old tire tracks like from a vintage car not real chunky off-road tire tracks and then there's this this very thin layer of of wash that i think it may have been like a a burnt umber or like a a a burnt sienna and you could see the the mineral spirits and the paint and then he he actually used like a more opaque stroke to like put these cracks in the ground Mm -hmm. and it was just oh my man (laughs) crazy okay Uh, and, and 
for for me as a, a painter uh, who enjoys landscape paintings I, and enjoys doing landscape painting, I was really keying into all of this work and looking at the approach, looking at the composition, looking at how he attacked the rule of thirds. And then in some cases, he would break up uh, different portions to kind of create visually stimulating compositions. So I really was taking notes on this man's approach to different types of landscapes. My only complaint was there was a painting that was of Yosemite and it was like water, it was the Yosemite waterfall. Yosemite Falls, yeah. Yes. And you use gloss varnish on that. I felt like if you use satin or matte, the the painting would have a, a more like soft, softer look. That was my only complaint about the show. You did a hard look. I appreciate that. The, I don't know if you saw a painting I did of fog with like mm -hmm. eucalyptus trees. Okay, that gloss worked. Mm -hmm. And when I put that on, Damn it, you saw it. <laughs> all that subtlety in the back jumped right forward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I should have known better mm -hmm. than that. Um, and it looks so right without it. But you're right. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And that it comes down to being lazy or economics because it's so expensive. I was just like, I have it. I'm going to use yep. it. That's the wrong move. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened with it. And so, yeah. And only you would see that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you Only you would notice mm -hmm. that. <laughs> but my two favorite paintings in the show were the one where you painted a rock in the middle of the, yeah. the stream yeah, with yeah. a singular bird yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. That one. And then there was one where you painted, it was like a smaller painting with a valley that had this really bright, like it was like a, a bright spot. And then you could see the shadow creeping. My, it's like a, there. it was... It's like a, like, um, it was a smaller painting and there's like this big green, like you could see like this big green shadow. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was a table mountain. Yeah, I was looking up. Yeah. Yeah, the table mountain. And it was just, there's a whole world in a shadow mm -hmm. if you look at it. And yeah. that's, that's why I was isolating because mm -hmm. that was, and that was plain air painting, right? Mm -hmm. Just you're out on site just making that happen. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And bring it, but you know. I do take them home and try to fix them in the studio. There's nothing okay. wrong with that. Nothing okay. wrong with that. But the impression, the ease, mm -hmm. the the fluidity, yeah, you got to capture those gestures out there. Yeah. yeah. Can't do it in the studio. Can't mm -hmm. do a film photograph. Yeah. Nice, nice. See, you guys, and I love these conversations because steel is sharpening steel right now. Mm -hmm. Professor is getting me, you know, he, <laughs> yeah. he's like the the hammer, you know, uh, on top of the anvil, just bong, bong, James, we're going to sharpen you up, you know. <laughs> so I appreciate these sort of conversations. Yeah. Um, but really quick, we, we've been talking about art. Let's get to some bullshit. Okay. You have a chance to host a dinner party or a poker game with five people dead or alive. Who are these five people? Russell Chatham, artist. Do you know him? I have not. Okay. I'm going right. to look him up. John Singer Sargent. Okay. That's my dude. Anybody, huh? Mm -hmm. Anybody. My grandfather. Okay. Let's see. My other grandfather. Okay. <laughs> you got one more. One more? Mm-hmm. Oh, hell. My dog Ginger. <laughs> Can we do that? No, a person? Yeah. <laughs> Let's mm -hmm. see. Last one. Last one, last one. Famous. Let's see. Let's start another artist. Interesting person. Mm hmm. Man. You think long, you think wrong. Sorry to drag this on. I don't know. Dead or alive? Mm hmm. How oh, you should come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised no musicians came. Oh, interesting. No. 
Mm-hmm. Not big in the music. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So you paint to silence? Uh, in the studio, I listen to books. Um, jump around on YouTube with music. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not. Not. I'm not. Never really ever followed music seriously ever. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Respectfully. So yeah. now, as far as like audio books. Or, or what type of genres are you into? Oh, I jump around. Okay. Right now, um, The Searchers, which is an old Western. Mm. Listening to that. Just like, I don't know. I just, and then, you know, like you'll you'll know within the first half hour if you want to continue or not. Right, you know? right, so, yeah. Um, but I just try stuff. It's like pulling a book off the library. You just like see if it's good or not. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah and sometimes, you know, if you have an open mind, you just kind of see where it goes and right sometimes they hate it mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know the last one that i listened to was the alchemist the alchemist mm-hmm. yeah uh paul coelho i believe mm-hmm. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was a good read one. that a long time ago yeah yeah, yeah yeah that was a good one yeah so now um back to the art because we're gonna we're, we're gonna jump around a little bit now i'm curious um with your practice are there any things are there any habits that you had, let's say, during your time in Broadway studios hmm. that now you look back and you say, man, I'm glad that I got rid of that bad habit or any things that you, uh, you know, had in your artistic toolkit? What, so Broadway studios, I've had like four studios over the years. Um, that was before kids. Mm. Okay. All right. So things change. Mm-hmm. So huge procrastinator. Like, mm. I'm the king procrastinator. I can do it forever. Mm-hmm. Well, now I can't. Okay. Mm. <laughs> so now I can't. So that's what I changed. Mm. And uh, I still ha- I still have it, absolutely. But but you n- there's more of a seriousness, absolutely, uh-huh. to my own life, yeah. even, that I just didn't ever really had, you know. So sense of urgency. Sense of urgency. I'm 50. I'm going to turn 51 on the 17th. Congratulations. So you bet a sense of urgency. You bet yeah, sense but of hold urgency. up. A lot of people <laughs> didn't make it to fifty-one, yes, so that's right. no. why I'm saying congratulations. Yeah, 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 you know. So yeah, do I have twenty years? You know what I mean. You have to be thinking like that. Yeah, there is a sense of urgency, absolutely. Okay, but yeah, when I was flowing around in the twenties and my stuff, I, whatever. So Never now, been. were you doing plain air painting when you were at Broadway? Was that was like doing, your you know, focus? I was doing, yeah, I was always, I'm always doing plain air painting. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's a time when I n- have not done that, but certainly a lot of studio work okay. on that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it works out, you know, like I said, mean people, this is the best place. That was the mm-hmm. best place for that at that time. Yeah. It probably still is. Yeah. W- with time out real quick, yeah. Professor. Shout outs to the uh, Kepler Elementary School <laughs> for being in the alley and all y'all parents picking up y'all kids and then the listeners having to listen to whose kid is getting picked up. Okay. Art and Bullshit so, Podcast. No, who were, who were some of your painting partners during that era? Me. I didn't play mm. with anybody. No. And that, that's not the right thing to do. But, you yeah, know, I don't know many people that were doing plein air, especially that we're talking like 2005, mm-hmm. 2008. Mm-hmm. Just me, just me. And it, not a happy existence when you're painting alone, mm-hmm. you know. So um, you want that peace, but then you also want to share it as well and mm-hmm. talk to people about that. So, no, it's actually painting. No, that was all me. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so now, now we got to go into it. So now... Well, who was like were Jason Graham and Josh Wigger? They were there Amador? briefly, um, but you know I started this in 
2001, mm -hmm. we were over at Vagabond. Mm. And uh, that we're the first, Reza, um, uh, Alex Trevino, mm. and uh, we were out there, first artists really to live downtown. And mm. that, that was a big moment. And so, um, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, so Jason Graham was around um, Wigger. They had the H Street studio. Did you ever go to that? That mm -mm, big warehouse? That was all before okay. my time. Oh, before your time, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I'm talking like an old an old yeah, guy here, but I, I am. Yeah. I didn't get into fine art until 2010, and I didn't show it Broadway until 2015. Okay. Yeah, I was okay. still do, I was doing graffiti, like, yeah. tough until 2009. Yeah, we're talking about timelines. Like, there wasn't any art, it seemed, going on downtown mm -hmm. here, and so... Yeah, it was, was kind of rough, and there was like all the everybody sees all these things going, on, all these art galleries. Mm -hmm. It wasn't all that; it was just fig tree and, and just a few other ones. Wow. So, yeah, so um, it was all new, and and because it was new, people paid attention. Like that was mm. still the time when people read the newspaper. Yeah, and you had like Donald Monroe and and other art um, writers Does who would cover the arts. Donald Monroe, mm -hmm. yeah, he has the. Um, he has his own uh what do you call it like, like website blog, blog. Yeah, yeah 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 so okay. he and it's called the Monroe review and it's okay. actually really good well so. donald if you listening i mean man i've been trying to get you to come to broadway <laughs> oh, i don't you, gotta you know have, you gotta have you know. donald Monroe on there yeah yeah, 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 yeah he's yeah. fantastic so yeah. yeah we should you know come yeah. on the show come through to uh jeffrey scott agency on the second or mm -hmm. whenever art hop is and we have in the broadway studios group show so now here's my question for you did nigel ever have a studio here at the same time you did no i don't i don't believe he did no mm. no no romero martinez okay was here um God, i'm trying to think vicente My, vicente yes mm -hmm. vicente was here yeah. for a long time john boyle yeah my cow uh, my cow was here yeah yeah we had some good times. Mm -hmm. We had some good times down here. Yeah. yeah. It's super, <laughs> super degenerate. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so since we're going down memory lane, I feel like it's a great opportunity. I should have did this at the at the top of the episode to talk about the first time me and you met. Hmm. Do you remember it? Oh, I remember okay. very well. So, <laughs> can I tell the story? You do tell the story better than I can. <laughs> so, okay, I believe you guys, it was like fresh yes um, a few years ago. And James decides to go out alone, as I usually do, get it popping on the streets. And somehow I managed to drop my cell phone um, over by Tioga Sequoia Brewery. So, you know, I'm, I get back to Broadway Studios, all the goons are out front, you know, artists doing art talk, doing things that artists do. And I realize I don't have my phone. So I'm like shitting bricks, you guys. So Professor Lingotti was <laughs> gracious enough to, well, actually here's what happened. I tried to do the track my iPhone thing and then somehow we figured out it was, at Food Max. Now, yeah. for you guys who don't know, there's a we're downtown Fresno. There's a bridge and on the west side of Fresno there's a Food Max. This Food Max is super ultra hood. Like this is one of the most hood like period grocery stores in Fresno. So, I get the alert, your phone's at Food Max, and it's at the Coinstar Bitcoin machine. So I'm thinking <laughs> they've opened my phone, they're getting my Bitcoin, the little Bitcoin I got. And, and all my, I'm thinking they're just like raping my phone. So 
Adam and I, we swing down to Food Max and I go and I run in and I'm looking everywhere. And, and here's how ghetto it was. You guys, I have my MacBook open because I'm trying to do find my iPhone and I have my, my MacBook tethered to Adam's Wi-Fi. Yeah. Right, ghetto stuff. And then all of a sudden, the phone is way on the other side of downtown. So I'm, I'm like, okay, what's happening? So then, it, we something happens with the, something happens with the signal. I don't know where it is. And then, someone calls a phone that I tried to call my phone from. Yes. And it's like, hey, I have your cell phone. And it was a super hot chick, right? I'm like, this chick, oh my gosh, she was hot. So we ended up getting the phone, nothing was stolen, but it was the wildest wild goose chase. And the whole time I'm thinking, I wanna get this guy on the show and this is a really terrible first meeting. So we're just <laughs> running around, you know, but it showed the character of this gentleman and it showed a, a genuine sympathy and a an empathetic heart for his fellow artists. Uh, so yeah. I appreciate that yeah, even no. to this day. Uh, thank you. Yeah, and I, I saw a guy in need, mm -hmm. and we were gonna see it through to the end, mm -hmm. <laughs> no yeah. matter what. Right, right, man. That was crazy. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that was that was. And so that crazy. worked out because they they drove that phone, or we met mm -hmm. him somewhere. Yep, at Broadway Liquor. Yeah, that's yep, right. right. Yeah, yeah, street. yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep, yep. And it was done. Yeah, <laughs> man, that was crazy. <laughs> yep. Shout outs to people with integrity, you know, mm. and people who do the right thing. So moving forward, I'm curious now, I noticed like you had said, um, you have a deep rooted love for the Central Valley, but I'm wondering as far as national parks in their totality, if we take California off the list, what would be your top three national parks not Pet in California? Petrified National Forest is my absolute favorite. Mm. I just love that place. So. And most of the Southwest, Chaco Canyon, um, also best. And then, uh, though it's very touristy, there's a lot to do in Grand Canyon. Mm. Love it. So, I guess what I just mentioned is a very small radius of mm -hmm. the Southwest, but that's where I spend a lot of time. Now, so. one place I want to ask you if you've been to is um, Artist Palette. I think it's in, in Mojave. It's like uh, this place with all of these like big mineral rocks that are like blues and pinks and greens and things like that no oh you're talking about like a, a national park no yeah. no i have I mm -hmm. never even heard of that yeah no. it's called artist palette so mojave like southern california that mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, okay, yeah 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 mm -hmm. kind of like on the arizona side i think okay because then it stretch or nevada or something like okay. that it kind of yeah. stretches but yeah. yeah so that was one that i wanted to go to nice. was nice. artist palette so Good. yeah put that on your list petrify national forest you can't believe the color especially in the evening mm. it just like it's like nothing you've ever seen. You can't even believe it's real. It's okay. just so many colors. I tried wow. to paint it so many times, and you never really get it. Mm. You never really get it. It's really... And so when that's, that's kind of neat, though, isn't it, mm -hmm. when you can't understand something fully? Mm -hmm. so yeah. I was an artist in residence there in 2006, and I was the first artist in residence at that national park, and they okay. gave me a special pass. Because if you go off the road, they have all these sensors mm -hmm. that alerts the rangers, and they'll come down like with a helicopter on you and stuff. So they, th because I'm basically working for the national park, as mm -hmm. as I got to go wherever I wanted. Wow! So I would just spend days just walking and looking and finding petroglyphs and finding arrowheads. The arrowheads that are rainbow colored, by the way. Wow! Like they're not 
obsidian black. They're like mm-hmm. um, uh, shale, but they're rainbow color because they're 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 petrified wood. Wow! And so just just wild stuff. It was just like being on another planet. Yeah, I might mm-hmm. need you to plug me in with one of those residencies because yeah. didn't you judge uh, a competition up at Yosemite? Like a oh yeah yeah Yosemite Conservancy. Yeah yeah yeah. The only time I did that, and uh, that's a good show because they, it's all. Um, I, our paintings or artwork about Yosemite that aren't traditional. That's mm. what the whole show's about. And so it's really hard, super hard to pick good paintings yeah. and good work, you know, out of that. But yeah, it's a good show. And they've been doing that consistently. I think it's the 35th year they've been doing wow. that. Wow. So, yeah. Now, do they do residencies also? They do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You'd have to uh, go to apply at their website yeah, and yeah, then yeah. you can okay. into that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to have to check that one out too. Because yeah. those seem, that, that seems really. Um, not only fulfilling, but informative, being able to just get loose in a national park. Now, how long did the residency last? Uh, at uh, Petrified Forest, mm-hmm. that was, uh, I believe, two weeks. Okay. And when I went, they weren't ready for me, so I stayed in employee housing. Mm. <laughs> just a really danky dorm. Mm-hmm. And now... You get an adult, which I didn't do it. I get an adobe house that looks over the huge vantage point of the entire valley. Whoa. I mean, it's like, it's King Palace right there. Wow. But I was like third floor basement at the employee housing, but I was, I was grateful <laughs> for it, you know. Right? It's like, as long as I'm here, that's, yeah, that's all I care yeah. about. And it was, a, you know, as a pilot and they just try me out to see if it works. So, so man, this <laughs> is, yeah, that is, that's amazing. But it was going, I, yeah, good. No. Well, and I've always been interested in residencies. I got one and then it fell through. So mm. the issue with me though, is having money, to apply that's always the issue it seems like every time they come up is yeah 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 and that stuff adds up and it's like you know you're trying to if you have to like eat or apply for the residency it's like man i might have to get these groceries yeah if you and it helps to have you know percentages if you send a whole bunch out well then you may get like one or two come in and that's what you want so Mm -hmm. but this one worked out again again who you know right so i went to university of new mexico a person i went to school with became part of the park service there they want to start a residency. They think of me. They get me out there. So I never applied. Mm. And so it was just one of those things. Yeah. So, um, it really helps. If anybody's listening as an artist, you can't do this alone. You mm-hmm. have to have some outreach somewhere mm-hmm. so that people are thinking of you constantly. And you have to reciprocate that, too. You can't just accept. And uh, that's the way it works. That's the way the world works. So, yeah, I yeah. have a saying. Um, rules are made for the people who don't know decision makers. Hmm. Lay it on me. What? Deeper. What does that mean? Rules are made for people who don't know the decision makers. Case in point, you didn't even have to apply. The right. person who made the decision selected you. Yes. There are these rules. Like, yeah. And that, the thing is, I'm always going to the top. Whoever the person is at the top, that's who I need to talk mm-hmm. to. I don't want to talk to the waitress about doing an art show. I want to talk to the owner. Yeah. You, so, yeah, okay, and okay. that's kind of a... Uh, thing about James's personality is like I, I'm always getting to the person who makes the decision and then sometimes people because they don't have that authority they get you know they feel a certain way because I understand that they don't have the authority to stop me 
Hmm. And then I'm going to go to the person who has that actual power. Yeah. So that yeah. that's my whole thing. And but yeah. it also in what you said is true. It's meeting these people and then forming these relationships. And it's yeah. not it's a because yeah. I feel like relationships are like banks. They're based on deposits and withdrawals. Mm -hmm. Right. So if we're depositing things, then when it's time to make a withdrawal, it's like, oh, you're good. You I mean, like mm -hmm. that that's all you want, man. You've been coming off the bench for me. So yeah, yeah. that's one of the 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 things that I'm always looking for is helping people without expecting anything in return That's because right. Right. you never know. People don't, they, they, you know, in the movie, The Godfather, um, Vito Corleone says, I don't do favors because people don't remember favors. However, I feel like there are exceptions to that rule. James being an exception mm -hmm. because I do remember favors mm -hmm. and I attempt to pay them back tenfold mm -hmm. when I'm able to or as much as I'm able to. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think that moving through life with the with the notion of, oh, no, people do remember this stuff. This is all going to pay off as opposed to if I do something nice, you're not going to remember no, it anyway. No. Then it's, you know, you're going to have a better outcome because you're you're playing the long game instead of playing the short yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. And we're in this art world, so we're not, we can't take on the whole world mm -hmm. and you're working in this art world and you're, and you should generally like the people that you're, you're around, mm -hmm. you know, it's really hard to fake anything. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I generally liked uh, Heather Williams and, and her husband. And so that's who asked me, I didn't call them. There was no, um, uh, no one was uh, applying. It was just like, let's start this program and let's see if this works or not. And so that's what they called me. And so, hey, out of sight, out of mind, right? You got to be around. You have to be available. You have to be out in the world. So, or you're just gone. Mm -hmm. Or no one's a genius by themselves. Mm. You know what I mean? You can't just be in your studio and expect these people to see it. And, and if anybody's listening to this artist, you know that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know that. And so give up on that notion you got to get out there and it's awkward and it's painful and you got to go shake hands and be out there so mm -hmm. yeah question yeah um now it's time for questions you guys from mm -hmm. the art and bullshit podcast family so we have a few questions um Raquel Justo, Art and BS family, She's the alumni. Best. She's awesome. Yeah. You know, shot <laughs> shot this question over. So, um Raquel wants to know in your opinion what's the difference between the painting faculty at Fresno City and Fresno State? No, that's a good question. So I'm going to burst your bubble because you keep calling me a professor. Mm -hmm. I'm not a professor. What? I'm an art instructor. You're an art I'm, instructor? I'm an adjunct. Well, I'm, just I'm gonna, an adjunct teacher, yeah. but, but I do this almost the same work okay. as everyone, mm -hmm. but I get paid a fraction of that mm -hmm. amount. Oh, so, yeah, so. I need to, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, wait. So, but I don't want to like discount that. I do the work. I mm -hmm. teach students and yeah. I do it as hard, as best as I can, mm -hmm. you know, so... Um, I, I can't fully on it, honestly answer it because I have lost a lot of contact with Fresno City College. Mm -hmm. All I know is like when I was there, mm -hmm. it wasn't very good. Okay. And I think it's improved enormously. Mm -hmm. But it, even to assess Fresno State, guys, I, I go to my job, I teach my class, and I go right back to my car. I don't really interact all that much. And so as an adjunct, if I was a professor tenured, I'd be doing everything over there. So... It's been a job. They trying really. to do you like they did Cornell West. <laughs> but who, why? What does that mean? Harvard wouldn't give him tenure. Oh. And so he left. 
Hill left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just like, man, what? And and Hill. that was basically because he said some stuff about Israel and Palestine. Mm. But like Cornell West, he he was at Harvard forever, yeah. you know. And I mean, yeah. he's one of the great intellectuals of our time. And to not give him tenure is, I mean, lightweight blasphemy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can't have too many complaints. I, I like what I do. I like teaching. Um, but there's no jobs or no jobs, right? You might so, be the Cornell West of cityscapes. I, <laughs> I'm willing to move anywhere, though, if it, at this point, if okay. it's better money. Okay. You know, so, like for teaching, sure. if we're going into that business. Yeah, I want to yeah. ask that question a different way then. You're, the instruction that, uh, because I understand you said you had Fresno City, it's been a while, but what you were teaching or able to teach at Fresno City versus what you're teaching or able to teach at Fresno State. Is there a difference you feel or is, are they essentially in the same uh, vein? I'm trying to understand the question. So wait, so. like you're okay. So if, when you were at Fresno City, were you able to teach the, well, but I never taught at city. Oh did, really? Yeah, no, no, no. I was a student there. You oh, I'm sorry. I, maybe okay. I didn't clarify that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no. Okay. I was there for two semesters at okay. Fresno City okay. learning to paint. Yeah. For some reason, yeah. I thought you taught at Fresno City I've also. I only start, taught at Fresno State. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah ever. So, um, but in this painting art world, I mean, yeah, you know of Fresno City. And so they have stops. excellent people. They have fantastic people there. So, mm -hmm. And I think they're do like the shows that they're doing, like uh, Lena, I can't remember her last name, is the curator there. She's doing exceptional shows in that art space gallery. Mm -hmm. um, in Fresno State, everybody is trying to do something, but mm -hmm. but I think with the Fre problem with Fresno State is people always compare it to the feminist movement of the 1970s, late 70s, because that was Judy Chicago, and that changed the entire trajectory of the art world at that time, and that happened at Fresno State, and you had Charles Gaines there, and you had some really strong professors at that time, and so I think maybe still people are still bouncing what this is to that but you have nick potter and stephanie ryan and they are exceptional teachers and yeah. they're they're really the best mm -hmm. and they know everything that you need to know and they know how to relate that to students mm -hmm. so there's no lack of anything at fresno state but it doesn't have the energy mm. that i think has been lost mm -hmm. since that time see yeah. and and here's the thing because I, I was asking a few fresno state students like what have you learned and they were like nothing and they were really yeah no. they were really saying that as far as like technique they didn't learn mm -hmm. and i'm not gonna say who were the people who but it was like yeah we really didn't learn anything they, they basically just okay. say hey like pat you on the butt and be like go but the thing that i i got from them because you know i always try to see the positive for what i understand is fresno state teaches work ethic yes and that's something that cannot be fabricated i hope it I, does right yeah, so yeah. and i think that and so what i what i said to my fellow artists i said okay that you feel like you didn't learn the techniques of painting from these instructors but if you learned work ethic then from that you can gain technique yeah well, my whole experience in my BFA, my undergraduate at University of New Mexico, mm -hmm. you could tell the professors didn't know anything. Mm -hmm. They didn't know how to paint. They mm -hmm. didn't know, like you said, a bright from a filbert. They didn't know that. But they taught you how to think and to think in a more contemporary way. Mm -hmm. And so that's if, if they related anything, it was that. Mm -hmm. But it's a shame that they didn't know. And I think at least at that time in like the late 90s, just huge egos 
enormous egos of these professors and uh and they just kind of ruled by intimidation almost mm. you know but if i look back on it no i had to teach myself how to paint and yeah. so i'm spending mm -hmm. all this money and time and effort to teach myself how to paint that's mm -hmm. not fair so that's what I didn't want to be mm -hmm. as a as a teacher, as a professor. Yeah. Right. And then I remember you talking about being in school and not being able to paint plain air. Did I tell you that? Yeah, yeah. So John Wenger, my professor at University of Mexico, the esteemed John Wenger, advanced painting and I do my landscape painting. And I did it just a drippy gamsol covered landscape. It was just dripping everywhere and I, I wanted to do landscape. <laughs> he, was so, he was so pissed at the critique. He screamed at me. Whoa. Everybody just went dead silent. Like, and I'm, you know, whatever age, I'm scared as hell. Yeah. And honestly, because you, here's this guy, he knows all this stuff, and I don't know anything, mm -hmm. and he's just muscling me into this. I never did another landscape. Because, because in his argument was, like, especially in the Southwest, like landscapes have been done. We don't do that here at University of New Mexico. We do new, new things. We do contemporary things. Wow. So, okay, no landscapes. Like I said, I came back in 98. I'm, I'm working. I'm not painting. And then I said, oh, what the hell is wrong with doing landscape paintings? I like it. So, But I still had my professor on my shoulder for that whole time mm, yeah. that I didn't need to have. Right. And then I'm like, you know what? Landscape tells... For me, it tells what I want to say because the whole timeline, the trajectory of all these things that are mm -hmm. going on the landscape, that's what I want to talk about. Yeah. And so why not go use that method to do it? So I've never done, I had to teach myself landscape painting. Wow. And so, because I was not taught that, but that's a negative. Yes, but there's also a positive because if I just said, okay, I'm going to learn landscape painting and then I go to a bunch of workshops and I learn landscape painting, well, then you learned it, but they were teaching me how to think mm -hmm. at the University of New Mexico. And they yeah. were teaching me about all the wider connections that happened, and there was benefit to that. There was a huge benefit. And I, I was kind of down on myself about mm -hmm. that, like really suffering how to paint a landscape. Mm -hmm. But it was actually a benefit because there, I, could, I could take that information that they were showing me, and then I could learn the actual tools to how to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So th this is fascinating to me. Um, this is so cool because <laughs> as a landscape, like a person who enjoys landscape painting is like, wow, you, this whole year, like your trajectory is like a heartbeat. It's just up and down, up mm, and down, yeah. up and down, you yeah. know, um, Maddening. but so, I mean, you didn't, you did when he was doing the crit, you didn't say, well, what about the Hudson river school? And like yeah. those guys, and because I mean, yeah. I, I feel like, that is Americana. Like America, what we did for a landscape painting changed the world. You know, well now we the Hudson River School. Like I wasn't you they didn't <laughs> right. But that changed the whole world. So if you look at I feel like America has given two things to the art world, landscape painting and graffiti. Those two things, mm -hmm. like they totally have impacted and spilled over into so many other cultures and just social circles that weren't necessarily connected initially. Right, and I think also specifically the West of America, mm -hmm. where everything is, you can try anything. And so you like, you had the California Impressionist, California mm -hmm. Colorist, mm -hmm. um, they were changing the game because they had the freedom to, they, didn't, they weren't uh, encumbered by all this tradition, especially from Europe. And so mm -hmm. that Europe, old tradition, East Coast, 
still lingering on mm-hmm. west coast whatever and you can start making your own thing and, well, yeah. and it's it's funny that you say that because when i look at your paintings you paint really loose and i think of ed growl and pain out of mm-hmm. the southwest sure, yeah. and like i love his paintings um yeah. and the, it just reminds me of like that proficiency and looseness and it's like looseness is my it, it reminds me of something my dad always says he says son you have to make the hard things look easy and uh, that's what I feel like loose painting is, yeah. is it's making the hard things look easy because you can't just run up and do that. You have to kind of know yeah. how things work, form, value, composition, perspective, you know, all of these, you know, um, qualities of what make a painting the, the material that is dirt or a bush or, or wood, you know, all of those things yeah. um, kind of come together. Yeah. And that's the cool part about landscape painting that I love is in outside of still life, a complicated still life painting, you never get that much information in one frame. No. And variety, like, that much variety. Right. So plain air is, is the product of your experience, really. So it's not just like looking through this window as some sort of reality. Anybody looking at it, they know that you went out there and we suspend our disbelief that it should be hyper-realistic. And we see the paint strokes so that the artist is present in there. And we know that. And so this is the product of it. So if you feel the wind, you should be able to feel the wind because of the way it's painted. Or even the stillness of like even especially the Central Valley. Guys, yesterday I went to John Singer Sargent's show at the De Young. I mean, sorry, at the Legion of Honor, because it comes. It no comes invite? down. Man, you yeah. foul. You foul. <laughs> Took the family. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. That limited works. Limited space. Works. Limited. Okay, that's cool. But it comes down on the 14th, and okay. so that's why I like rushed over to to see that. Mm-hmm. And uh, absolute looseness, like on the point of falling apart constantly. Yet, if you step eight feet back from it, it's almost hyper realistic unbelievable just brilliant yeah that's i've never seen a sergeant painting in real life and that's one Mm -hmm. of my goals me neither i never either and and then there it was all the cracks all that stuff but he's using a paint jar there i took a picture of it It it's like maybe about 12 inches long and he made like the arm of this chair and he did it in one move and it was just this fluid slide like a snake and i could not believe what i was looking at because he had all that paint rolled up on his brush and you could tell where he began up mm-hmm. on the top and you could see how he's rolling it out onto the bottom and it was a perfect thing. If he had thought about that too much, it would be this contrived thing where he's really thinking, but it was just a part of the whole. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. And he knew that it was just a part of the whole, so he didn't obsess about it. But yeah. that's a master level of control. And the only mm-hmm. artist who I can think of whose work I've seen in person who does that is J.C. Leindecker. I have to remind myself who that is. He's like Norman Rock. There's Norman Rockwell and J.C. Decker. They both did Saturday Evening Post. Okay. Decker typically did the holidays, like Easter's, New Year's. And like he'll do the painting. And I have a book of his work. I'll show you. I just don't. I'm not getting up there right now. Right. But it like his backgrounds would basically be, he would put white on his brush and load it up and just... It looks like scribble, but you can tell as a painter, nah, bro, that's like one load of paint. Yeah, and he just yeah. understood how much paint and how much mileage he got out of that amount of paint. Yeah, and I think yes. that that's something that only comes from intense study, knowing like, hey, if I dip my paint, my, my brush and paint this way, I get a line that's 12 inches. Or I get that's a line right. that's like four inches. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
and you have to take that chance. What about if you messed up? You know, so you just ride it out. This mm-hmm. painting is controlled chaos. Now, constantly. have you been to the Hagen recently? No, no, oh, man, it's you been. Go. Oh, I don't know how many years. Long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's awesome mm-hmm. there. Yeah, because yeah, they remodeled it, and now they have his cereal boxes. They have, like, these drawers. You can pull them out, and you can see his sketches mm-hmm. and his studies. And, mm-hmm. you know, he would break things down into the pie slices and do, like, Santa's head and then the foot. And then, like, there's really? a dog over it. It's so cool. <laughs> but they do. There's, like, a free... I forget if it's the first Monday of the month is like family day, so it's free. Oh, okay. And I mean, a two-hour drive. And I mean, they got those Beardstadt paintings there. You yes. might need to go and get reacquainted yes. with my dude. Beardstadt's the best. Mm-hmm. I saw Beardstadt in McDonald's wow. in high school. And I was like, what is this? What is this? I've never seen anything like that. My, all my other friends are just like, they don't care. Mm-hmm. I was just staring at this stupid painting. And it was just like, it was amazing. Yeah. It was amazing, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's funny how we run into art art yeah and it sticks with you so okay so now what was the first painting that you saw that you had a deep emotional connection oh that's a good one um you know norman rockwell actually yeah what books did my parents have that's what i looked at so the the world war ii book of Mm -hmm. all the war scenes i think i know every page of that thing Mm -hmm. and uh yeah norman rockwell i think they had a small book of that of his illustrations and it's all whimsical and cute, but his technique as an illustrator, I was like, I could not believe someone can actually do that. But if a specific painting, no, I don't think I can name a specific. Okay. Even Van Gogh, like I have a lot of respect. And, mm-hmm. and I think most people, even young age, they, they know who Van Gogh is mm-hmm. and they know how he paints. There's an enormous, I read his book, you know, his, his diary. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot there, but it, nothing really stuck as a whole, like into a single painting, mm-hmm. none of those, yeah. You yeah. know, for me, it was, I had went to the, because Bouguereau is like my favorite painter. Yeah. Yeah. So they have the Nymphium at the Hagen, and I went to see that, and that thing was huge. Yeah. But that wasn't the painting. And the listeners, podcast only, you guys have heard this story. Um, there's a painting by V. Bear called The Red Portfolio, and it's, it's super small and it's in a temperature control frame. And I cried when I saw that painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something, I, I teared up a little mm-hmm. bit too with yeah. seeing a Monet, mm-hmm. actually, yeah, yeah. There's some, why is that? And it doesn't yeah. affect everybody, I, doesn't it? <laughs> you know what it was for me, Adam, was I was like, how? Like, how did he get all this information yeah. in such a tight space yeah. and everything is it's just tight? There's no looseness. The floorboards, like there's a wood pattern floor and everything that's supposed to shine, shines. Everything that's yeah. supposed to be dull is dull. And yeah. it's all of these different textures. And it's literally no big, no taller than nine inches. Wow. I mean, like this uh, thing is like small, yeah. man. Yeah, they had a booger all at uh Legion of Honor, the broken picture. I don't know if you've ever mm, seen that one. I haven't it's seen that actually one. massive. It's actually almost life size. Okay. And uh, yeah, I should go. I should go check it. Yeah, that, that's part that of their out. permanent collection. Okay. So, okay. Yeah, but you know, you saw that wood floor and you know, all that. Mm-hmm. But you didn't need a microscope to understand it. Like, it's not a mm-hmm. photograph, right? right? And I think people, if we're listening to what we're talking about, it's not about that. It's how you see, is what you're trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And how you see is like we're looking at each other. I'd see periphery, but I'm not studying every inch of it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we look at it. And I think that's the, uh, so at least for painters who are learning, they want to get it all in there and it doesn't matter. 
Facts. There's there's a player, there's someone on stage, and then there's all these secondary players around them, and mm-hmm. you gotta like determine where the hierarchy of what's important and what's not. That's a hard call, and that takes a lot of time. So Bugaro, he said, was perfect. He he knew it. He he got it. He knew what was important to mm-hmm. he wanted to get into, and that is color and value and form and composition. All those things coming together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Paint quality, all that. Yeah. yeah. There was something that you said that I was about to. Oh man, that I you you had alley ooped it perfectly for a segue, and now I have to like retract yeah, which one and think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. We'll we'll get back to it. Yeah. Um, so how do you spend? How do you relax from a painting? Because a lot of like for some people, painting is therapy. Painting is a leisurely thing. But for those who dedicate their life to it we have to do something to kind of decompress what are some activities that you like to use to decompress oh man i have three kids oldest is 12 10 Mm. and 4 and they need a lot of stuff all the time they need my time too and uh, i don't decompress Mm. i'm gonna run my candle out pretty fast here so um i don't keep decompress and so (laughs) But when I get into a painting, it's usually, okay, I haven't painted in a while, and now I have to paint, and I only have so much time. Okay, you got to push it, you got to push it. So you, like, get this, like, lizard skin off you, and now you're flowing. Okay, now you're working, now now you're molting. (laughs) And then you got to (laughs) stop. And then you got to stop. So um, what's nice about having a show like what I just had and having deadlines is... Mm -hmm. Um, I'm able to say, kids, I'll be with you in a minute. Mm-hmm. But right now, this week, today, tonight, I got to work. And this is what's going to happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And so you got to prior- prioritize. Um, if there's any re- relaxing, uh, that was when I was younger. Okay. And and this one, and kids won't be in my house forever either. Mm-hmm. It's so true. it's not going to be forever. This is true. But certainly I'm trying to give everything I can right now to the immediate family that I have. Got yeah. you. Time-wise. Mm-hmm. Time-wise. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. That's, now, are they into painting? No, and that's all right. And uh, we went to the show, and they were bored at the John Singer story. <laughs> they understood that it was important, and they tried, and that's all right. That's Why all right. Why is that so hype <laughs> over this one <laughs> <Exactly>. stroke? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm telling them about it, and, and they're like, yeah. I don't know. So <laughs> Okay, okay. That's great. But, but you know, I think they're going to have more of a – historical background maybe mm-hmm. than most kids they yeah. don't understand that but certainly it would never push them into anything like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah because who was uh was andrew wyeth the dad uh, yeah no he did and in fact his dad did that to him yeah nc wyeth nc wyeth is amazing mm-hmm. illustrator and so he would sit andrew wyeth down in a chair and he'd look at a, like a plant or something in front of him and then he'd turn his chair around he'd have him look like 10 minutes just look at a stupid plant turn around He's pa- facing a white piece of paper now, and now he has to draw it. Mm. And so as a young age, you're already training your brain to think in that way. And that's what we talked about. Some parents know about art. Some parents don't. Well, mm-hmm. you guys, levels ahead of where mm-hmm. I could ever be right now. And so I'm still trying to catch up. But there he is starting at eight years old. He's doing this. He's drawing these things because he's training the way he thinks and about seeing. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew White. Who also, his son also is continuing, uh, I forget his name, but also mm. another Wyeth is a contemporary painter right now. Okay, so, yeah. so we're about to play a game. Okay. 
this game is called art or bullshit. I'm gonna say a name uh-huh. and you say art or bullshit, okay? okay? And it's kind of like an overrated or underrated sort of thing, okay? okay? All right, Picasso. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> a lucky artist born at the right time in the right place. You, t- you put him on the street right now. See how far he gets. <laughs> okay. With an ego that was beyond anything. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I like his work. But yeah, bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm going okay. on. Okay. I'm not going too far. Go ahead. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Good. So, Salvatore Dali. Oh, art. Yeah, but you see how my voice is a little low? I'm not as overly enthusiastic about that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's well as well like, oh, God. Yeah. Like I have, yeah. But see, that, I'm going to tell you, that is how I want people to feel about my paintings. Like, I don't want to like it, but I have to. Yes. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the whole thing. Because yeah. I feel like I love to walk into a place and not want to like something and be like, oh, that's good. Like, yeah. so that is, yeah, Salvatore yeah. Dali, gangster. Yep. Okay, next, Andy Warhol. Um, I would say art pretty strongly, actually. Yeah, because only because he created something out of something that did not exist before. Okay, and so like he had no preconceived history. I mean, he just made this whole thing. And here's this pop art that is existing in your supermarket all the time and you never saw it. So he's pulling the veil loose and he's saying, look at it. And no one had done that before. And that's amazing. That's art. That's okay. art. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and that's we're gonna we're gonna cap it for you guys. But you got me back to where I wanted to go to, and that was thinking about art and how to actually um, look at this process as as something that's poetic. Because before I moved into Broadway Studios and became you know one of the goons here, I didn't know how to look at art or how to say things with my art mm-hmm. or even think about mm-hmm. you know being poetic with with you know paintings. So. I'm curious, what do you, do you feel like that comes from, like, if you if you don't have an institution or you don't have, like, a strong group of artists around you to kind of, you know, pick mm-hmm. your brain mm-hmm. and make you look at things differently, what would be some good ways to, to get there, in your opinion? If I was just starting out? Mm-hmm. If I, okay. Um, you need friends that can talk honestly to you. And if you don't have that, and you just have yes men that like your art, they like it. They tell you you're great. Well, that's false. Okay, so what's wrong with it? And they need to hear that. Um, I don't know how people go about finding friends anymore because social media and stuff. Like I am a weird ghost outside of it. I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm old man. <laughs> I'm old man. <laughs> and I somebody forced me to get an Instagram account. Like I'm that old. So. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean you can't go places and talk to people that are doing art. And so, well, you have institutions like Fresno City, Fresno State, Reedley College, these places. These are places where people are dedicated to learning about that. So we're having a conversation about this stuff. Well, there, there you go. And I mean, those kind of groups help. And that doesn't mean an institute. You can go to, uh, there's many groups here that have art, that mm-hmm. have figure painting, even mm-hmm. though you may not know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, just get into a group of artists that are doing stuff and be in a comfortable spot where you can tell them they're wrong 
mm-hmm. and they can tell you, and that's a good place to be. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the specifics of actually how to do that, mm-hmm. I don't know. I okay, don't know. Yeah. so now here's my next question in that. Being a teacher at Fresno State, because immediately when I'm hearing this, I'm thinking of like, I'm picturing your your studio classroom and the critique session. Yeah. yeah. Right? Now, would you say, because we started off with you talking about like play, doing a plein air painting and your teacher screaming at you. Yes, and I would yeah. assume, you know, and when they when you assume you make an ass out of you and me, but... From your personality, I don't see you as a screamer. Now, I don't see you screaming at students (laughs) because of their paintings, right? But I I see you being honest, I think we're, well, our birthdays are in May. We're both Taurus, yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, we're the bull. Mm -hmm. And we're very patient. We sit in the field eating flowers and smelling the wind until we're stung, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I'm very patient with everyone, but my job is to find the weakness in their armor Mm -hmm. and to be able to tell them how to fix that Mm -hmm. um so when something's wrong i don't let off of that until i'm proven wrong Mm -hmm. so but no i don't scream at anybody i don't Mm -hmm. i don't even really get upset but i'm certainly honest and i always tell them look you paid me to do this Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know i tell them the first day like you could be at home right now painting but you paid me to do this, so I'm going to give you my honest opinion. Right. And and tell me I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Tell me I'm wrong. But I but I have this knowledge. I am more practiced than you. I don't know about better, but I'm certainly more practiced than you. And I've been there, and you haven't been that down that journey before. And so I know what you're missing, and I also know what your successes are. So I think if you just clarify that. Mm-hmm then we can have a conversation. Mm. But I guess if I go back to like University of New Mexico in the early, late 90s, these guys started in the 70s and their egos were ginormous, right? And so they're used to that. And they're used to sleeping with 20-year-old girls in their 50s and 60s. <laughs> they're used to everyone being afraid of them. Mm-hmm. They're all single. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, mm-hmm. so they're just a cock of the walk there, you mm-hmm. know? But they forgot, and again, I wish I knew that at the time, that I am actually a person in the world, and I'm not a servant to you. And so Facts. I don't certainly don't treat students that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, no, we have a good class. I have a good class. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. <laughs> now, now, here's my next question as far as the critique aspect. Yeah. Um, how are they receiving these critiques? Because overall... I think that the younger generation is a lot more sensitive than we were mm-hmm. because they're not getting yelled at. So there's, yeah. they're not as callous as yeah. we are. Absolutely. Um, I do have to tone things down. Um, a lot of people, uh, and it's the arts, tell me they have a mental illness, and they probably do. And that wasn't talked about when I first started. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, certainly more sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. Um but as far as the critique, if I'm teaching a beginning class, mm-hmm. we're just talking about how to be better. Mm-hmm. There's, there's no criticism there. And if you're not doing it because you don't know how, uh, you do know how. You just need to practice it, and I'm telling you how. And you're just saying, well, I'm not an artist. Well, you signed up for it, and I'm telling you how. The first thing I talk about in class is that this is boring, logical things that we're doing. We're doing some problem solving. We'll make art later. <laughs> and so... If you're like, oh, this is all art, fancy art man's talking to me, 
we're not doing that. We're just trying to learn how to be better painters. Okay, so if we go to intermediate and advanced, well, then we have a criteria that we're trying to meet. Mm. So it's not anything goes. And so these controlled assignments are to reach something, and did you do that? And so then, then we can have that conversation. And then I can say you're wrong about something, but certainly not in the beginning thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yep. Got you. Yeah, no, we, we all know the rules. Mm-hmm. We all know the parameters of where we're working. And so if we all understand that, then we know what's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't just an art show where we just like show up and do what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, we came together to learn something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 So anyway, that's my job. And that's what I'm trying to, to, to get across to people. It's a very organic process teaching a class because you have this information, but it's not enough to just do a Zoom call and tell you tell everyone about it. You have to react to people constantly and how mm-hmm. they're receiving it. And so they need visuals, they need verbal, mm-hmm. they need demonstrations. Yeah. And so all those things will hit with somebody because people aren't 100% the same person, right? Mm-hmm. So or the same way of learning. So, yeah. And I can relate to you on a very minuscule and minute level because I've taught two classes so far. I did a basic drawing class. I did like a basic still yeah. life painting class. In yeah. the still life painting class, we did a li- we painted a lemon from life. Yeah. And it was a two-day process. Normally, you can get that done three hours. But I threw the kitchen sink. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. here, like, let's, let's lay our colors out. Let's pre-mix our colors with a little bit of medium because yeah. this paint is old. There, We'll give them, you know, a little bit more fluidity to them. And then... Let's really walk this thing down. Mm-hmm. Um, and that lesson, it really went well. But then when it came to draw a sphere from life, my student cracked. Mm. Like, And we're doing things side by side. So I'm like, hey, mark the top, mark the bottom. Oh, well, first thing we do center line. Okay, mark the top, mark the bottom. How far is the left point and the right point? And there's the sphere right there. So mm. it's like boom, 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 right? And then it was just like froze like a deer in the headlight you know so i've painted with nigel a few times and the thing that i learned is is painting with him is fine but i get more just watching so i was like hey if you want you can just watch how this comes out because i remember painting with nigel and then looking over and then him just smoking that panel and me being like yeah let me just chill and learn because clearly he's doing all these things that i don't even know exist so let me watch and pick some of that tech up and bring it back to the lab and then work on these things that he's doing so you know the student watched and seemed to get some of the the things like you know the aspect of a terminator line but these things only came when she went to do her own work and was like oh i see now the things that you were trying to tell me when i'm working on my personal projects Mm -hmm. so i felt like that was a a success in some regard because as long as one thing clicks yeah that's a success oh yeah you're applying it and that's the test if you can do it or not Mm -hmm. yep but I can't imagine having like a bunch of people day in and day out and, you know, doing that. I think it would be cool. Um, but it's also different when it's something that you're doing sporadically versus you're clocking in every day teaching and then you have to clock out and then go and work on your own stuff. Yes. That's yeah. a totally different. Yeah. It's funny. Like you talked about teaching, like my first like two semesters were absolute disasters. Like I was just throwing stuff out and I'm like so excited and I felt like I was tripping over myself realizing that they weren't getting it 
you know, like I'm trying, I'm putting, I'm doing everything I can to say it, but it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. they have to practice it. So yeah. there's a balance in it. Also in teaching, I already know what's going to happen. I like, I can see it coming and I'm like, okay, we're going to head this off right now. Mm-hmm. And so it makes it a much easier process to nice. try to get that information across. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Knowing what to look for because your yeah. practice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that's the thing, too, is, is making it so they can understand because, it, you know, like one thing with the lemon was I, I said, OK, the shape is nice, but you have to bring the background value closer to the lemon. Yeah, and then that's going to yeah, mm-hmm, and yeah. then let's soften up this edge, yeah. you know, and then once she brought in the 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 dark value closer to the yellow everything tightened up and i'm yeah. like look your lemon was correct yeah. it's just everything around it yeah you, know? you need those small successes mm-hmm. yeah you can't build anything without some small success mm-hmm. to go off of yeah i'm yeah. glad she found that yeah because it is just a small adjustment mm-hmm. really that all it takes and really like we talk about like teaching you need that group or you need a teacher or you need something to tell you because you can't see it Mm-hmm. You can work on this for a thousand hours and you'll never see the problem and you need somebody else to tell you. They're mm-hmm. seeing with new eyes. Yeah. yeah. That's the value of it. I yeah. think the groups like that are few and far between because, you know, I've met a, a decent amount of artists and a lot of them, they don't handle criticism or honesty well now there are you know i am blessed to have a fantastic support system of like great artists who and there's this thing they do adam when i send them my work like jason for example i'll send jason Mm -hmm. graham a painting and if he doesn't like it he'll just do the thumbs up emoji on it and then i know because there's no words but if he does like it it's like oh man oh yeah you know and then that's how i know no words oh, you have to get back on that thing and push it and then that and generate some words for me, right? Thanks for sharing, right? Thumbs mm-hmm. up. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, thanks for sharing, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yep. But yeah. also I think that that's cool for me because I need I need that push. You know, it's like, okay, James, we know you can be great. This is a great start. And then like, where is it? Where are you really going to take it to? So it always makes me look in the mirror and think like, okay, how can I dial this thing up a notch? How can I punch it up a little bit to make someone feel something? Yeah. And I don't think there's a clear answer about how to do that. Mm -mm. And if anybody's looking for that, you're not going to find it. Mm -mm. (laughs) It just comes through practice. Mm, Right. And overall, like, it's never about the single painting. It's about your body of work over a certain amount of time. I I noticed that, like, in John Singer Sargent, like, they were all really the same painting. And, uh, but they're all a body of work that became who he was. And so, Mm -hmm. so you can't ever judge a painting just alone. It has Mm -hmm. to be connected to something else. Mm -hmm. Where you've been before. Gosh, if I looked at paintings from Fresno City College and now, Mm -hmm. my God, you know, right? Yeah. Hopefully there's a change, right? Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, so it's all connected. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, my next question would be, how did you choose what paintings to show um, at the Downtown Artist Gallery? That one um, was taking paintings that already existed about two or three years old, mm-hmm. plus things that I've been working on consistently for this show. So that show alone did not have a consistent theme. The unifying thing was I've always been painting this small radius of the Central Valley, and that's really what the show is about. Mm-hmm. But I have another show there in 2025, mm. and it's going to be very directed. Okay. And so I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. But this one was just like, and again, I haven't shown since 2019, mm. March of 2019. And so this was my first show out of that. And yeah. the pandemic, all that nonsense, it just it kind of stopped showing. So commission work is what I make money on. Mm. Um 
but not actual gallery shows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I was really surprised at how affordable your paintings were. And if I wasn't so broke, I was I was like, <laughs> man, I would have picked up those two yeah. that I talked yeah. about because yeah. man, they were so. And then I really, I you know, I, and I'm the type of person I said it behind your back. I'll say it to your face. I feel like your pricing on them small ones was messing up the market. Uh, you should have put like 200, 300, 400 extra dollars on those because yeah. I was like, bro, he's charging X, Y. Z for this stuff they're gonna look at me like I can get an Adam yeah. Lungati for half of that if, like so can you it, pick <laughs> your prices up so they oh, can reflect your skill Robert, your Robert Ogata gives me hell about that mm -hmm. yeah so um, no this is not a normal show I need the money okay okay and uh, let's be honest like I don't I did not want to take anything home and I probably could have made three times as much if I had regular or I take them all home and I didn't made any money. Facts. So I had this paintings. There's some are three years old. I want them gone. Mm -hmm. And most of those prices were what I would get out of a gallery if they took forty percent. So if there's a five thousand dollar painting, I'm making like thirty five hundred bucks, right? So that kind of ratio is what I was asking Facts. out of those paintings. Mm -hmm. um, but there is no commission at that gallery, which mm -hmm. is fantastic. Um, so I, I wanted them out. I know it hurts other artists. I know that. I know that there's a lot of problems with that. Gosh, if I think about my time I put in it, plus the frames, yeah, mm -hmm. it's not the same amount. Yeah, you got them Vatican's in there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But let's just say that uh, some life stuff got in the way. I need them gone. No, no, yeah, I yeah, feel you. Yeah, I, but yeah. see, the thing is, though, Adam, is like, that was the one thing. And I, I had to, I'm so transparent and so real. I had to get that off. You That's know. fine. Yeah, because yeah, I know, and I know that you see it. Mm -hmm. And I think other people saw it, mm -hmm. but I need them out. No, and, yeah, and, that, yeah. and that's a fact, and I've been, I am there right now. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> you know, you guys can get James Payne for a little bit of nothing. <laughs> and I will say this, one thing you also taught me with that show was you, James, you don't have to have 12 huge paintings. No. Because I have a show there September 2024. Nice. And yeah. I'm mulling over in my brain the theme and how I want to attack this. And I saw your, like, the layout. I was like, ooh, okay, ooh, yeah. there's a mix in here. And yeah. it, and you allowed pieces to breathe, but there were there were some like pieces where they were like double stacked and they were kind of like companion pieces right. a little bit. And I just was like, wow, this is an approach that I never thought I would take or see in this gallery, like big paintings and small paintings, and it worked. Yeah. And I was like, the the feeling that I got from that exhibit, not wanting to leave, just want to be in there and look at all your stuff, oh, and you know, pick it apart and see what I could take with me. That's what I'm looking for yeah. when I go to an art show. Good, and you know, Tim um, Padilla. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Tim. He, he will take all your artwork, and he will do it. And he is a true artist, mm -hmm. and so that's unusual for a gallery. And mm -hmm. so I I was hands off. I put him out there. He did what he needed to do, mm -hmm. and he saw the connections that, of course, I can't see. So mm. that's, I mean, it's a really unique gallery. The mm -hmm. DAG, I guess we're calling it Downtown Artist Gallery, mm -hmm. it's one of the best. I mean, they're really passionate. They're really dedicated to it. They're true artists, Piet Ogata and Tim, P Tim Padilla. And uh, they don't take a commission. You know, you pay your fee to be there. Yeah. And uh, I think it's one of the best galleries right now. Yeah. So, yeah. That's all. Good. I'm, I'm glad you're having to, a show there. Really yeah. glad. Okay, September yeah. 24. And then yeah. I'm on the Exquisite Corpse. Like, I'm on oh, the Oh, yeah, list, you're so doing that in June. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited yeah. about that. That's like yeah. January. Jan June. 
Coming. I thought it was January 2024. Well, we're starting it in June. Okay, yeah, cool. yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's cool, the first cool, part. Cool. Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm really excited to see who's on whose team. Yeah, I think it's random. Yeah, this no, he random, asked yeah. me, he said, we're doing names out of a hat. Yeah, yeah. Because immediately I thought about you, and I said, if I get if I get Adam on my team, the, the thing in my brain was like, painting exactly where you paint like if you do a landscape i want to oh. go there and paint under a different condition oh, yeah. i'm not painting so any landscape i'll tell you that right okay, now okay, 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 <laughs> okay. I didn't know. okay but uh, if we were doing that yeah, yeah. Well, well that's what we could also like uh collaborate on mm -hmm. something like that too. yeah no i think i want to try to paint something that's not landscape because okay. people know that i do landscapes okay, and okay. that's a good opportunity to not do that <laughs> yeah no for sure you know and i think um it's one of those situations where just being a part of this oh man it's like the professors you know and i and and for me adam i'm like wow i got in here like mm -hmm. it, you know and i mm -hmm. it, it really feels like i shouldn't be on the team but i'm on it so i'm like hey yeah you know but it's it's really one of those things where it's it's like humbling and exciting at the same time you you paid your dues though i mean and it's not just about personality it's like you're working at it seriously mm -hmm. that's all it is and i think it doesn't matter if you're a teacher at fresno state or city or whatever you're, you're doing it mm -hmm. every day and you're doing it consistently and getting better mm -hmm. and yeah i can look i'm looking around this room and yeah you're you're at that mm -hmm. level yeah. so um and you have a lot of self-doubt too as you should and you're still growing as i am too and uh that's what makes you an artist you know so of course you should be there <laughs> of course yeah, you yeah, should be yeah. there it's but yeah. you know it's like we we you're inside the fishbowl so you can't see how it looks looking in yeah. and and so yeah. that's the thing about us as artists is our perceptions of ourselves are never how other people view us i guess so yeah yeah no i mean Fresno state's been good i've been able to have a consistent paycheck i don't know maybe next semester i don't have a job that's the nature of being an adjunct you're not guaranteed anything so constantly hustling mm -hmm. constantly painting mm -hmm. can't ever rely on it um, but certainly is helpful to at least know that i have this amount of money coming in every month and that's a, there's safety in that so and it's something i want to do so if i was an artist like you then you don't know all the time what's going to happen and that's you know, unless you're working at some other job mm -hmm. you know so and i've been there Many, many times. Yeah. So, yeah, good. Oh, th this is one thing that I did want to ask you. When you were here, was Michael Garcia coming around? All the time. Yeah. Do yeah. you have any cool Michael Garcia stories? We sat right out there and we all got high and drunk and smoked cigarettes. And about five hours went by and we're like, it's dark outside. How'd that happen? <laughs> That's what I remember clear. Mm -hmm. When I walked by that space just now, I was mm -hmm. like, I remember that. That was yeah. hilarious. And if you're with Mike Garcia, you're laughing your ass off All constantly. Mm -hmm. constantly. And learning. And yeah. I will tell you what, <clears throat> what I learned from Michael Garcia in my short amount of time with him. Because I, I told him last Art Hop, he is... I got the most bang for my buck as far as short amount of time, huge influence. Mm -hmm. His storytelling and the way that he makes a story into a piece of art and yes. it's not as as yes. indirect as you can get. Yes. But when he tells those stories, 
but you're just sitting there yeah. in awe of like how complicated the story is and how you can actually see it translate into the artwork. Right. And I'm like, whoa. Yes. yes, yeah, I've had him come to my class three or four times and talk in intermediate painting because we have this project where, where they have to have an experience and then they're going to make art about that experience. So mm. it could be like going to Target. That's an experience. Mm -hmm. Like you, you, but you're hyper aware of what's going on, so that you can glean all that stuff and make art. Well, here comes Mike Garcia, and he's been doing that. And he's had stuff like from Japan 30 years ago that he remembers, and mm -hmm. he'll make some sort of painting out of it. Yeah. That guy's absolute, absolute dynamite, absolute genius. So, mm -hmm. you no, know, he's come to my class, and I think he is the best illustrator of that kind of concept. Yeah. Yeah. And super talented. And a huge craftsman too. Yeah, his studio is insane. You've been there, yeah. Yeah, good. you gotta go. Yes, oh, I've been there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Like, yeah, James, welcome to the club. We've been there. I'm, that's my homie, dude. What you, you knew? And did, yeah, oh, James, but, you so little. But, but I can tell you, like, he was the first mm -hmm. artist I ever met here when I moved it back to Central Valley. Okay. Nancy, now, was that during Club Janaka days? No, that was long before. Um, Nancy Clued at the Madeira Arts Council. I went to go see her. And she's like, I'm going to call this guy named Mark Garcia. You're going to drive over to his house right now. So I did. I don't know where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Go down to L Street, go to his house, walk into the back. Here's this guy. Shared about a 12-pack of Budweiser. And just the best friends after that. Mm -hmm. So, like, he just has that personality. But that, no, he was the first artist I really ever met here wow. in the Central Valley. Wow. That was a good introduction. Wow. That was a wonderful introduction. Because you, you gave some dates, and I was transported to being in Michael's home and seeing his flyers, Michael Garcia, Broadway Studios. Mm -hmm. And it was those years, like mm -hmm. the late 2000s. Yes, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mid to late. Mid mm -hmm. to late, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was just working out of his studio, which he still does. Um, but yeah, he was just so welcoming. Mm -hmm. And you're so used to a world, especially an art world, that mm -hmm. seems so limited. And he's just like, this is what I do. And he's sharing all that. And I was like, okay, there is art in the Central Valley. I'm learning from this. I can keep going. Hey. I can keep going. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Still sharp and still. Right. Okay. So, um, dang, I, Nigel asked a question. And I was going to, before we wrap up, I was going to, my phone's dead. Can you, you have Instagram? Can you look at the Art and BS podcast page? There's a, a question. And there's a picture of one of your paintings. And Nigel left a question um, okay. on there for you. And then we'll get to that. And then we're going to wrap up. Because okay. we, we've been cooking. Hang on, Slow hang cooking. <laughs> here, you, here you go. Okay. Boom. So the question from Nigel, a.k.a. DJ Grill One, a.k.a. <laughs> um, what's the meaning of life as an artist? The meaning of life as an artist is... Okay, man. Let me try to get to most efficient way of saying this all right so your job the meaning that you're doing like we see the superficial world we all see it we live it but being my knee i feel it but we know there's all this mystery around us we know that there's things we can't even comprehend there's a whole layer of vision that we can't see so we're trying to make those bigger connections by feeling Okay, that's one. Everybody can feel if you allow. But then to work hard to make that come into the world so you can tell somebody about it. Okay, that's art. 
That's hard. It's not just beauty. Beauty is wonderful, but it's it's only one thing. So what's the comparative meaning going on with everything else? What's humanity? So yeah, that's that's the meaning. That's the meaning. And it, I don't know what else there is. Mm. I don't know what else there is, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, Nigel. That's <laughs> what I would answer. Yeah. You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was great. Okay. So before we get out of here, do you have any shout outs you want to give? Shout out Tim Piet, Downtown Artist Gallery, Sense of Place Gallery, Jenny Burdick, fantastic little gallery down there over by the Big Red Church, Fresno High, between there. Still doing great landscape stuff over there. Um, and if you haven't been to Fresno State, we do a lot. Just no one comes. And so just spend some time, like pay attention to what's going on. Go to an opening, go to the student show, go to the student senior show. Um, when we come back in August, we'll have the faculty show. Like just come around and, and come talk to us. Yeah. If you see me, say hi if I don't know who you are, you know? And uh, yeah, that's just those. And then uh, look for things I'm doing constantly. I'm, I'm trying to get out there more, at least on social media. Where can they so, find you on the web? Instagram. My name, Adam Longati, website, adamlongati.com. That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Any, anybody can always stop by Fresno State and, and come to my class and sit in. And I'm serious about that. So, so come mm. and sit in anytime nice. you want. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. you guys, you could be anywhere on the internet, but you're here with us and we appreciate that. Catch us again next week. Same bullshit time, same bullshit channel. Once again, there's some shit I just thought of, y'all. Scientific fiction that's not admissible in no court of law. I'm out of here like Vladimir. James drills over and out. I told you from the dough. I told you from the get-go. You don't gotta go home, but you gotta go. Art and Bullshit Podcast.